As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to our interview series. We have a special guest coming back to us. Many of you might have seen my original interview with Liz, but I'm really excited to have an opportunity to mix things up a little bit now that we're transitioning into 2021 and invite back some of our amazing guests for a couple of different reasons. One thing I'd love to do that I'm really excited about doing today is not only kind of catching up with Liz and seeing what some of her new creations have been, but also I think one thing that's great about this series and about being able to interview individuals like Liz is to share the journey, to share the experience, share what's been happening, what projects that people have been working on, and how they've kind of taken an idea or a concept and turned it into reality. So today we're going to be doing that as we talk about Liz's new book on the horizon. I won't spoil it. We'll talk a little bit about the book, the title, and what it's about and kind of how the vision came about. But I do want to just take a minute to say welcome to Liz from Vegan Culinary Memoirs and let everyone say hello. Thank you. It's great to be here, Stephanie. Oh, it's so good to have you. So oh, let's get a little bit of and I, apologize. On. I decided this is too exciting. I'm going to make the leap and I'm going to get back into foods again. And I've been teaching in our schools and public libraries, but it's been a challenge because I've been on the front lines of asking for change. And one thing we need to remember is there's still a lot of education and awareness that needs to be done to pave the way to success for our programs. Um, you may run into dead ends, but, but you know, it's exciting. We see doors opening up and flying open everywhere now because of the current situation. The world is ready and we need to help deliver the message. So we need to bridge people from being consumers of the standard American diet to consumers of a plant-based diet and show that you can have it all again plant-based. So my, yeah, so you can. And I love that because... Yes. And that's where I think we can be such enablers. I mean, we all get excited about all the buzz and everything that's happening in the movement, but there's still people that need help making that transition. They still need resources and tools. And even for people who've started to make that transition, they still need support. We still need to make sure they're getting what they need so they can stay plant-based, so they can stay on this path. So let's talk about how your book is a bridge. Well, first, let's tell everyone the name of your book, and let's maybe talk about how your book is that potential bridge. Well, I had a chance to work um, in the tofu industry for a couple of years. San Diego Soy Dairy was local tofu, and every city should have a soy dairy. It is amazing. You can take soybeans and turn it into milk and meat and eggs and seafood. And that's what my book is all about. It's called Black Belt in Tofu, today's plant-based, protein-rich alternative 
to meat, seafood, eggs, and dairy. And it has an introductory section that has Mythbusters, how it's made, the history of tofu and soy's role in the world today. And then it's in four sections, how you can turn it into meat with lots of recipes, how you can turn it into seafood with lots of recipes, and then eggs and dairy. And it's just a that you can make things like tofu egg salad or vegan chicken tacos or chicken salad and people often don't even know the difference i mean i've tested these recipes on hundreds and hundreds of consumers in our public libraries in our local church in the schools and the, but once people learn they love it i have a quick question for you do you own one of these in your kitchen? No, it kind of, it looks like a, is it a can opener? Can opener! <laughs> you guys, you have some of these? Bongs? Yes. Okay, here's here's an advanced one. Do you have a masher? I don't have a masher. Well, these are cool. But you, know, you know what's even cooler? Everybody needs to have one of these it's a total i have an old school one but those are really nice yes i actually bought this from the spork sisters in la had a chance to go meet them and this was the first tofu press i'd ever bought but today in the grocery stores most of the tofu in your major grocery stores you won't do it any justice unless you press it and pressing with books and pots and pans and all that stuff is messy. Just like you have a can opener, we need to start having tofu presses. But there's also a type of tofu that you don't have to press. And that's really exciting too, because that's a firm tofu. Someday tofu drop test. I want to get video cameras from a couple of angles and I'm going to 16 ounce block of tofu and splatter it. And then I'm going to block a, drop a 16 ounce block of Nagari firm tofu and you'll see it bounce. Like like a ball. So there are different levels of firmness and it's using because one tofu says extra firm, but it's in the package packed in water and it's made with calcium sulfate, which is the curdling agent. I get into the science of the curdling agent in my book and okay. that tofu has a lot of water in it. So you have to press it out. So um, the Nagari tofu, the Japanese style that's uh, curdled with um, the minerals from sea salt, mm-hmm is a firmer tofu and it's higher in protein because it's made with more soy. You don't have to press it. So there's a lot to learn. And in my book, I share those tips, but coming up That's with this. I wonder, yeah. I wonder this. I think a lot of people think they know tofu or like, Oh, I had tofu once and maybe they had a nightmare experience. Even if they are plant-based, like even if they are vegan, how do you educate and help people through that? How have you used your book? to kind of break down some of these myths that people might have about tofu? Well, I give references to a lot of the leading um, physicians and studies that show that soy has been a nutritious major food source for thousands of years in civilizations that have not suffered from the standard American diet-related diseases like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancers. So... um, It gives you a background on soy and then shows how people have eaten it through the centuries. Today, tofu is made with the same technique. They were 2,000 years ago. It's not really a processed 
food. It's a very simple food. It's just soy milk and a curdling. It's kind of like making cheese out of soy. And um, by the way, I make a mean cheesecake out of tofu, I'm sure. Cheese, the Cheesecake Factory could go nuts with my, oh, Whole Foods Hillcrest. They actually made my cheesecake oh, recipe. Yes. Hey, so, for anyone who's not in San Diego, I used to live in San Diego. So oh, the food is so good. But oh. um, I, I wish I was a little closer so I could pick up a slice. Come back again. We're waiting for you to come back again anytime. But So um, let's, let's talk, oops, sorry, let's talk a little yeah. bit about the process of creating your book. Because I think for a lot of people who join our channel, who watch our videos, one of the things that they struggle with is, you know, taking on the idea of creating a book or even that idea of having the big dream, the big idea, it gets a little bumpy. It gets a little discouraging at times. Like how did you find your way to stay in it, to push forward, to be resilient? Well, that's exactly it, Stephanie. You have to keep showing up. And I've wanted to write a cookbook for years and I have written several recipe collections, but never officially published them. So mm -hmm. I continued to write and I said, you know what, this has to come to be. It just has to. So I set my intention and I said, I'm going to write a tofu book. And I originally approached my grandson's elementary school and I had already been giving culinary labs in elementary classes. I had kids grilling tofu star medallions and making tofu sugar cookies for the holidays. And I was visiting each grade level creating a new recipe with the class and we were going to compile the recipes with the photos and turn it into a cookbook. Well, then the school's closed. I was yeah. home and um, just kept, took a writing course and um, I took a writing course and I was challenged to come up with 50 titles for my book. And I came up with one that rang a bell finally. And I just, like I said, have to keep showing up. You have to keep working on it and it will come together. It's coming together. I've never been closer. I've got the ISBN number. I'm just working on getting my website all ready to host um, that book and others. I've got some others to share recipes from the runway. I was behind the scenes at Vegan Fashion Week in LA and got to make all of the fancy little past appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. So I'm sharing those recipes. I also helped market Veggie Fest Tijuana and I was down in Mexico helping um, and exploring, doing the PR for Veggie Fest in Tijuana and bringing a busload of people down there. And I've got a collection of recipes that I'm going to translate to Spanish. I'm also translating my tofu book to Spanish. I um, I studied Spanish and I have a bachelor's degree in it. So I'm ready. Estoy lista. And we're going to do this meal también. So I'm going to stretch out my net and try to meet more people. But you know what amazed me is down in Baja, California, people are going vegan all over the world. It was Beautiful. I felt like Ralph Rubio discovering the next famous no fish taco, um, eating a taco stand in Tijuana. It was just the food was amazing. So I, you know, I have a passion for food. I keep showing up. And if you have a dream and you have a book idea, then what you have to do is you have to set your intention and keep working on it. And know it will come to fruition if you dedicate the time and effort and just keep showing up. 
And um, Stephanie, you've been a wonderful help inspiring to do things like getting photos and getting ready with social media and having a plan and knowing how to roll out everything that goes with having a book, which includes a marketing campaign and reaching the people that you want to reach. So your services are um, fundamental to that. And yeah, yeah. So I oh, someone just put a comment, and I love this. Um, thanks, Robert, for the comment. Talked about um, New Year's resolution of like starting to journal and write daily, and the idea that that can create kind of not only a library for you, but it helps you to kind of build your story out, build out compelling ideas, develop those ideas. I think that's such a great idea. And Robert, we wish you all the best. Make yes, sure. I recognize Robert's name. I think I I've seen you. Robert. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I've checked out your blog. But I love that idea of writing and journaling and, and so just many opportunities to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are courses to help you too. There are some courses you can take, writing groups that you can join. I really benefited a lot by having a writing group. And by the way, I had that idea to start one on Slack. We ought to create a writer's group that meets, you know, once a week, once every other week, once a month or something, just to network and share ideas because there's a lot to learn from hiring people to do the layout and the hidden costs and being prepared for, you know, getting the right, getting the value for your money when you're paying people for services and everything. So I've been learning through experience, just a one woman show here. Um, as much as we can as far as we can Mm -hmm. so that we share the good news i love that and i love that you're giving people different ideas and ways to not only share but also kind of take the work that you're doing as far as developing these recipes you know all the concepts and everything in the book but applying them allowing people to use them teaching people and so forth so that the book becomes an extension of really that bridge that we talked about earlier this is how it becomes one of the tools in the process but it actually does um, work that way um so i just just, I really love that. And I just wanted to make one comment. We had someone put a comment up where they're thinking about doing a comedy murder mystery theater, all vegan food. I think that would be so much fun and so exciting. I love that. So um, I just wanted to recognize that. And then there's just a question of, you know, what about kind of non-religious or choke 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 church folks. Um, And the idea is, I think the example was just using a local church, but a lot of local communities or community centers will have kitchens as well. So the idea is just use the resources in our community. I think sometimes we forget that these resources are out there and built. Um, Sometimes they're even sponsored by the local municipality. Um, So those are other great ways to do it if you don't um, have a local church or if you um, aren't associated with a church and looking for a different option. The other thing I want to comment on, Liz, that you mentioned is doing it yourself. I think a lot of times when we think about these big ideas, these big projects, we think we can't do it kind of as this solopreneur, as this individual shepherding it. We think we need 
everyone. We need to hire people. We have to spend a lot of money. And yes, you'll need support at times. Yes, you can leverage an editor or you may want to take a class and so forth. But I'd love if you could maybe comment on the idea of being the kind of sole person pushing this forward, what that's like and why it's important sometimes for us to build confidence in ourselves and our ability to shepherd these projects forward. Well, um, I've been following you for a while, Stephanie, and I have to tell you that um, you offer that platform. We all need to be um, continuous learners. And in engaging in a course or learning something that you think you might benefit from is key to progress the progression, your progression. So if you don't have confidence in setting up your digital studio, you know, you've got your digital media class or you need help with the social media and I'm still holding on and I'm getting ready, but, and I've had some challenges with social media too. It's a strange world out there that we live in and it's a little scary sometimes. Um, but you have, that's what we have to use that platform to communicate. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, Anyway, I just would suggest to anybody that they take the opportunity to do some education, self-improvement, build some skills if you feel like you're lacking. And then I remember there was one night I got this email from you, Stephanie, and it said, when you're finally hitting the wall and you need to hire somebody, maybe you just need to hire somebody. And that's what I needed to do. And I found that if I could hire a tutor to help me with my website and with laying out the book, you know, I'm taking the classes, I'm doing everything I can, but it's a lot of work. Nothing worth gaining is, you know, an easy ride. You will work hard. You will spend hours. You will have to do it. And But lo and behold, it's like a diamond in the rough. You just keep polishing it and keep moving forward and have the faith that it will happen because I see it coming. I'm getting there and I have all these other books that I've already done. Um, But making this first official one and starting a whole new business from a different platform because of the world today, it was just a fluke of luck. I was already enrolled in a digital media certificate program in December of 2019 in March it hit and I have one more class to go I have the website class and I'm redoing the video class one more time to build my skills because it was a lot to learn but I'm right there I'm so excited and I meet with my tutor my professor once or twice a week online for a zoom meeting to continuously update have that accountability buddy get an accountability yes. buddy turned out to be my professor, my, one of my college professors. Nice. And yeah. But but that's the key. Yeah. Having somebody that can help you kind of just nudge along, give you reminders and kind of, you know, it is such a beauty. Like you said before, building a community of people around you that can support you, that can answer questions and also encourage you because we all have bad days. And I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, sometimes as business owners, sometimes it's just, you know, people who want to champion and change the world, we have hard days. And we forget that that's a part of the process. That's a part of the journey and what we can do. So I think it's key that we learn how to kind of stumble a little bit and get back up. We learn how to learn something and then realize that sometimes we have to go back through and take that class again. 
you know, it's important for us to have people we can connect with and say, oh, today was just frustrating. And they can help you see through it and say, it's just one of one bad day out of 30 good days. Remember that. And therefore you can get back up and, and move forward. So I think that's so great. We had a couple of people join in. I just wanted to say hello. Hi. Hi, Naja. It was great to see you as well. And then um, someone we were talking with, um, we share the name, Stefan. I'm assuming you pronounce it that way. So it's great (laughs) for you too. I love that message. I'm glad we're sharing names here and have that in common. Um, There's also a comment about food deserts. And I think that's a really good thing to even talk about today because there are many people who don't have access to certain foods, who don't have access to everything. And I think it's important that when we build businesses, when we build products, when we build services, we think about how can what we do help bridge those gaps? How can what we do help people um who maybe don't have access to the whole foods down the street so that they can get these exotic ingredients. And I love something like tofu because tofu comes in so many different formats. Tofu can even come in a format that's shelf stable. Um, and I love that because it could be stocked up and especially in an environment like this now with um, everything happening where, you know, we need to maybe stock up our pantries a little bit because we're not sure when that next grocery store trip is happening. Um, I love that tofu and especially having books like yours offers a way for people to take something that's fairly inexpensive that doesn't have to kind of break the bank um, and something that's so versatile that they can create different types of dishes with the same item. So I was just excited when I saw that. I don't know if you want to add to it. You know, I I tend to get excited about about these things. The food desert thing, yes. I was a substitute teacher for a while to supplement my income. And I would go to different neighborhoods and go in the grocery store. And in one of our lower income communities, I took a picture of the deli section. And I said, posted it on social media. I said, where's the tofu? Because it was there, Stephanie. It was there. It was a giant wall of hot dogs for 97 cents a package and processed deli meats. And then right there in the middle of the shelf, there were two little containers of tofu surrounded by cold cuts and hot dogs and low cost processed meats. So, um, Getting into our schools, getting into education is really, really important. And that's another thing that I've taken upon myself. I talk to food directors at our schools. I reach out to principals. I go to the chancellor at the local community college to talk about the chef training programs. And all of us need to do that. We need to reach out to our local leaders and get them to buy into this change process Offer non-dairy milk at schools. Offer more vegan options in the lunches. Right now, the free lunches, they're giving away gallon jugs of milk, cow's milk. And Mm -hmm. everything in the free food is cheese. And it's they think it's healthy because they don't have as much meat. But it's actually terribly sad. And it's so sad, as in SAD, right? Standard American diet. Mm -hmm. Um, That we're growing all this soy and we're feeding it to animals to make milk and meat. When you can grow the soy, turn it into milk and meat and feed the people. We need to make it organic, but we have a solution right here. Tofu never caused a pandemic. So let's have it all again, plant-based. I can't wait to share my book with you. We have cheesecake, 
tacos and pasta and enchiladas and nothing left to be desired. Simple things like a fourth a cup of tofu equals one egg and baking. I can make chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal cookies, lemon bars, pancakes, waffles, brownies, and you can't even tell the difference. So why use butter and eggs if you can use vegan butter and tofu instead of eggs? And nobody knows the difference. Look at all the savings we have. No cholesterol, better for your health, better for the environment. Um, my recipes do have a little bit of oil and sugar in them because I'm a foodie, foodie. I love the whole food plant-based diet and I totally am into that too in a big way. But um, I also like celebration foods and use a little bit of oil here and there. That's fair. That's fair. Because I think we want to give people foods, some variety. That is these. Yeah. So I, I love that you're given different variety and so forth, so that when people are kind of either tiptoeing into it, transitioning over to it, or even if they're looking for a healthy option, they're giving people all those different kind of variety in your books, I think are really, really important. Um, wow. And I love that, you know, we can use it as replacements so that many people can make some of the dishes that they know and love. Um, and I love how, you know, as we run businesses, you know, we create this kind of this, this opportunity where we're able to take things that we're passionate about, things that can help the world and build a business at the same time, be yeah. able to get ideas out, to be able to kind of share with the world um, what they can do and how they can do things. So it's really exciting to have you here today. I want to make sure if anybody wants to follow up with you, A, if they want to maybe get a copy of the book when it's ready. Yeah, or they just want to connect with you. They have some questions about tofu. Maybe they want you to speak at their event um, about tofu, especially with everything going on here in, um, you know, in January and in this kind of new year time. Do you want to give everyone just your website, sure. social media? How can they get in contact with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram, just getting started. So please help me out. Be one of my first followers. I've started this whole new business and I've started a whole new identity. So I'm going to get back on Facebook soon, but you can reach out to me and get on my mail list at veganculinarymemoirs.com. It's vegan culinary memoirs. And my email is Liz at veganculinarymemoirs.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Liz, for hanging out with us for a little while and giving people a glimpse into your book, your vision, and also how you kind of turned 2020 into a year of reconnecting with something you loved and wanted to do and turned it into an opportunity. You know, 2020 has been crazy, scary, stressful for many of us. And I love to share stories like yours so that people can see how we can have things happen but it can turn into something beautiful or create a great opportunity. So I'm glad we had a chance to kind of share your journey, your experience. And I'm really hopeful that other people hear this, whether you're writing a book, whether you're doing something else, the idea is that, you know, if you focus on it, you know, it's the right idea, definitely stay with it, stick with it and, you know, create greatness in the world. Cause that's what we need from a vegan community. And that's what we need as we're kind of building this world and supporting people out there and supporting each other. Hey, Nivi, great to see you. So always good to see people as we're and doing these uh, sessions. But I want to thank everyone who joined us live. Thank you everyone for your questions, your comments. Um, I really appreciate seeing everyone. It's always good to interact and chit chat and hear what everyone's doing as well as it's always great to have our guests show up 
and give people an opportunity to kind of hear about what's going on, what people are doing, and how people are continuing to change the world. So thank you, everyone. Don't forget to give us your likes, your thumbs ups, and subscribe just so you never miss one of these sessions. It's always great to have everyone here. There's a question about me coming back to California. Probably not. I'll probably end up being settled here in Florida. This is where, you know, my husband retired. So this is our, our retirement home in a sense. But I hope once things get a little bit calmer in the world, I'll be traveling again. So hopefully I'll be hanging out in California yeah. um, and I'll have a chance to hang out with Liz as well. So everyone yeah. take care. Have a wonderful day. And thank, thank you, Liz, so much for being an amazing guest today. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.